First Bible reading comes from Genesis chapter 1. Genesis 1, 1 to 5. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. The second reading is one is from John 1, 1 to 18, and it should be on page 1109 of the Red Bibles. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness does not understand it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognise him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testifies concerning him. He cries out, saying, This is he of whom I said, He who comes after me has has surpassed me because he was before me. From the fullness of his grace we have all received one blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but God the one and only, who is at the Father's side, has made him known. Well, how excited are you about Christmas? I don't think you could be more excited than Andy Park of England, who calls himself Mr. Christmas. Uh, way back in 1993, he put up his Christmas decorations and he hasn't taken them down since. Uh, more than that, Christmas does not come but once a year. He celebrates Christmas Day every day, every day for the last 25 years. In the morning he gets up and eats two mince pies and a bowl of Christmas pudding for breakfast. For morning tea, three mince pies and a glass of sherry. Then he proceeds to unwrap three Christmas presents that he wrapped for himself the night before. Presumably the ones He opened yesterday. He then, of course, has uh, Christmas lunch, followed by watching that year's 
Christmas Queen's speech again. And so he has done for the last 25 years. In 2015, his doctor did advise him after putting on so much weight that it was not really very good for his health, and he did go off this daily celebration of Christmas. But after two weeks of going cold turkey, he couldn't help himself, and he went back, back to celebrating Christmas every day of the year. In the last 25 years, he has consumed eight, more than 8,000 turkeys, more than 150,000 mince pies, and more than, most tasty of all, 500,000 mushy peas. The person perhaps who knows him most of all and perhaps understands why he celebrates Christmas every day of the year, uh, would be his girlfriend. Yes, he has one. She said, and I quote, He is a crackpot. How excited are you about Christmas? Some of us, of course, are very excited because we love the trimmings of Christmas. We love the decorations. We can't wait to put up the decorations. We love singing carols. We even love doing our Christmas shopping. And we love the family gatherings. I have heard that there are some people in the world who are not that excited about those things. Hard to imagine. For some people, of course, Christmas is a difficult and sad time because of grief and loneliness. What is the key, do you think, to being excited about Christmas for the right reasons? How is it that you could be excited about Christmas even if you don't like the trimmings, even if it's a sad and difficult time? Well, the answer, like all things, is found in the words of a carol. The answer is found in the words of the world's favourite and most profound carol, Santa Claus is coming to town. Over the next nine days and four talks, we're in John chapter 1. And John wants us to see that the most important thing that will make you excited about Christmas is who's coming. That's what matters. Who's coming and what does he bring? And I hope tonight that you'll begin to see who is coming and be so blown away by it again that you'll be more than excited about Christmas. John chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. That's all tonight. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God In the beginning. In the beginning was the Word. What a beginning to John's book. Not just taking us back to the beginning of Christmas, not back to the first Christmas with its angels and its shepherds and its wise men. John says nothing about the first Christmas whatsoever. He's taking us back to the beginning. 
the beginning of the Bible, the beginning of all things. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Actually, it's bigger than that. John is not simply taking us back to that in the beginning when God created the earth. No, he's taking us back to in the beginning was. What was before God created the heavens and the earth, or rather who was, in the beginning was the Word. The scientists think that if we could just get back to those first few moments, those first few milliseconds after the Big Bang, we would understand the meaning of life, the universe and everything. We would somehow understand ourselves and why we are here. They are searching for those first few milliseconds. How extraordinary that would be to know what happened, they think. But this is far better. In the beginning was the word. This one was there in the beginning. Before the beginning, he was. And so this word, this person, was there from the beginning, before the beginning. He is ultimate reality. And he must know all things. Imagine for a moment if this one came into the world. But not just in the beginning, is it? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Well, you might think that's obvious, really. If he was there in the beginning, before the beginning, then who else would he be there with? I mean, who else was there at the time? Clearly, he was there with God. But it's not an existential statement like who was there at the time. It's a relational statement. And the word was with God. Literally, it's, and the word was towards God. Do you see? It's not just that he was there with God at the same time, but that he was with and towards and united with and relating to God. It's like my wife, Danielle, and I, we've been married 26 years this week. But that is not simply to say we have been in the same country, we have even been in the same house for 26 years, we were with one another. No, we have been with one another, together, united, towards one another, do you see? That's what's being said. The word was not just there in the beginning, and so he knows all things. He was with God, towards God, relating to God. And so he really knows God personally throughout all time. Imagine if this in the beginning, with God person came. But not just in the beginning. Not just with or towards God. The Word was God. Now those four words are incredibly hard to understand, aren't they? Not because the words are hard to understand. They're quite small words, actually. And not because the grammar is hard to understand. It couldn't be simpler. There's a subject, a verb, and an object. It's the simplest little unit you can find. You can understand the words, but what on earth do they mean? 
How can it be that this person is with God and was God at the same time? More to the point, how can it be that for John, a Jewish person who is so convinced, of course, that there is only one God, Jews knew that, could say that this person was God? What does this mean? Well, many people down through the centuries have solved this dilemma by changing the words. And the word was a God. The idea that this word, God created him first and then created everything else through him. So in a sense, he was a God. He's God-like. He creates everything else, but he's not God ultimately, eternally. That's the Jehovah's Witnesses, for example. Could that be right? It would make things simpler, wouldn't it? He was with God and he was a God. What would you say to that? Well, if you happen to know Greek, you could say to a Jehovah's Witnesses, actually, that's bad translation work. That expects a definite article when the Greek doesn't need one in such a case. That would be useful, wouldn't it? But you don't need to know Greek. You just need to keep reading. In English, verse 3, Through him, this one, all things were made. The Jehovah's Witnesses would probably be okay with that. He was just made first. But then it says, Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Why does he need to say the second part? What is he emphasizing then? He's repeating it, isn't it, and emphasizing it, but what's he emphasizing? Nothing was made that has been made without him. In other words, everything in the entire universe that's ever been made in the history of the universe was made by him. Could he then be something that is made? Do you see? No. Clearly, John believes that this one was not made. Begotten, not created. He was with God and he was God. And if putting those two ideas together blows your mind and you can't figure out how it would work, then I think you've almost got it. In fact, I think you have got it because it doesn't fit into your mind, does it? And it doesn't fit into my mind either. How can he be with God and was God at the same time and there still be one God? And down through the centuries, Christians have been really careful to understand what this says and to put it clearly that there is one God And there are three persons, Father, Son, and Spirit. Here we see just two. They are persons who are so united that they are one. It's nothing like water, steam, and ice at all. But it is like a marriage between a man and a woman where the two become one. That is the best analogy that there is. So, he was not just there in the beginning, and so he knows all things. He was not just there with God and so he knows God really well. He knows God, this one, because he is God. Imagine if this one came to the world. But there's a final part. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was 
God. John calls him the Word. It seems a strange name to us. I don't know any Australian parents who have named their child that and you're very glad that you didn't get that name. John thinks it's a good name because it connects with Greeks who think there's a rational principle that controls the world which we would call reason. It connects with them and it connects with Jews because they know that God created the world by his word and so it connects with the people he's trying to reach. But more importantly... It's a name for this one that expresses who he is and what he wants to do. If you were here last week, you would have seen a testimony, a story of God's work in someone's life on YouTube, on the screen, from a man called Shady. Now you meet a man called Shady and you discover that it actually is his real name and what do you expect from such a man? If his name really describes who he is, you are not going to buy a used car from this man, are you? He's going to do you a shady deal. You will not be able to trust him. And yet, you only have to meet that man for about five minutes to know that his name does not suit him. He is an honest and genuine man who shares his story with the entire world on YouTube. Not shady. But this name, describes him well. Imagine if your name was the Word. What would that mean? That you have a message. That you are a messenger. More than that, that you are the message. The message, and you actually want to reveal it. Do you see? And so it's not just that he was there in the beginning and so knows all things. It is not just that he was with God and so knows God well. It is not just that he is God and so can know about God because he is God. It is that he is the Word. He is able to reveal God and he wants to reveal God. Imagine if this in the beginning, with God, was God, the Word, came into the world. Of course, this is all just a trick, isn't it? Because you know it's not imagine. This is what happened. The in the beginning one, the with God one, the was God one, the Word did come. You see it there in your passage, verse 6. John the Baptist came as a witness because he was coming, this one. Verse 9, the light of the world was coming into the world. And extraordinarily, verse 14, the Word, who was in the beginning, was with God and was God, became flesh. You see the enormity of that. He was in the beginning, before time and space, and created all things, including all wombs. And he began to be formed inside a womb. He was with God. And yet he came and was with real, ordinary people. He was God. And he was fully human on this earth with all the joys and sickness and pain and death that that means. And the word spoke words out of a real human mouth. And his very life was the word revealing God. The word became 
flesh and did not simply keep to himself in a cave somewhere so that he didn't get contaminated. No, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. John saw his glory. And finally, verse 17, he tells us who this one is. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. What is the key to being excited about Christmas? Well, you can be excited merely by the mince pies, the sherry and the decorations. But Andy Park is a crackpot, isn't he? To celebrate that every day of the year, to let it dominate your life. And if that is all we celebrate at Christmas, frankly, we are crackpots too. What a meaningless celebration. But if he was in the beginning, this one, if he was with God, if he was God and he's the word and he has come flesh into this world, that is so worth celebrating. That is so good. When you see who was coming, then you can't celebrate Christmas one day a year, can you? You'd have to celebrate it every day of the year. But the point is not to celebrate Christmas with all the trimmings. I mean, you'd have to ask, does John know it's Christmas time at all when you read his gospel? There is nothing about the trimmings and there's nothing about the Christmas stories. He's not interested. But this is crucial. Can you see who was coming? For John wants you to see this Right at the beginning, he wants you to see what took him three years and more to realize after living with Jesus. For right at the end of John's gospel, one of the disciples, the one who refused to believe the others, when he sees Jesus with the holes in his hands and his feet, he realizes that he was in the beginning, that he was with God, that he was God, that he is the Word. And what does he say? My Lord and my God, to see Jesus as a little baby is a great blasphemy, if this is true. To see Jesus as a good teacher is a great blasphemy, if this is true. To see Jesus as simply a martyr suffering at the hands of his enemies is a great blasphemy, if this is true. Do you believe it's true? Then it must blow your mind. And it must dominate your every day of the year. For he was in the beginning, was with God, was God, and has so shown God that you can be completely confident that you really know God. And we can only respond in worship and submission to this one. Is that your response? Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, whether we are excited about Christmas or not, whether we like the trimmings or not, help us to see who was coming, to see how extraordinary this one is and how extraordinary it was that he was coming into the world. And Father, help us to worship him with every part of our lives, every day of the year. 
We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.